0: Welcome to the Dental MBA podcast, focusing on strategies for dental business owners and leaders to grow thriving and profitable practices. This podcast is powered by eAssist Dental Solutions, the nation's leading platform for outsourced dental billing and revenue cycle management services. All guests have been invited to share their insights based on their knowledge and expertise in the business of dentistry. Their opinions and recommendations are their own, and you should consult with your own professional advisors with respect to your own practice. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Dental MBA podcast by eAssist. I'm your host, Penny Reed, and I am thrilled to have a wonderful guest with us today, Dr. Aman Kaur. Welcome, Aman.
1: My pleasure. Thank you, Penny, for having me today.
0: Well, well, wonderful to have you. And for those of you who may not have heard of her, which I would be surprised, you're in for a treat. Uh, she comes with a wealth of knowledge and information. Uh, she, as you can tell, uh, is a dentist. Uh, She is also the founder of Women in DSO. We will talk more about that later. And she partners with emerging DSOs and also works as an operating partner with private equity groups. Uh, One thing that I told her, as I said, I I promise I won't have you feel like I'm reading your bio, yet if I leave some things out, I would love for you to share another uh, item or two if you'd like before we get started to let the listeners know and those that are viewing the video, uh, what other types of work that you're involved.
1: In. Penny, I think I'm like everyone else. Uh, my favorite topic is not talking about myself. So, <laughs> you did fabulous job. I yes, uh, dentist by trade, and uh, have been in DSO space for over 15 years. Worked with uh, different dental service organizations throughout my career and uh, private equity groups. And I love what we are able to continue through women in DSO.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. Well, when we visited and talked about uh, our visit that we would have today and, and what we would talk about, I know you touched on business, right? Which we're, that's what the dental MBA is all about and the skills that you didn't learn in dental school. So necessary skills for the business of dentistry. And I love, I'll kind of direct you down the path of what we talked about, about seeking a mentor and seeking someone who has done it. So we'd love to hear more about your thoughts on that and then growth strategy.
1: Absolutely. Um, So uh, dental MBA, I'm so glad you have started this topic because I wish we had that. When coming out of dental school, we know how to do great fillings or nice crowns or root canals and extractions, but no one really tells us what happens once you get out there. It's all about getting the best out of people right next to us because we can't do everything alone. And then it is surrounded by dental assistants, different associate doctors, senior doctors, hygienists. And they all have different style of working and different skill set. So having a plan and thinking of it as a business is something we are not taught. And it ends up almost building a plane while you are in it. So I'm glad you have this. So as dental students are coming out of uh, dental schools or someone starting out their business, they can think about it more holistically versus just getting into it and not knowing what's there.
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: So when, when we think about growth strategy
0: and having a plan, which using your example years ago, uh, up until about three years ago, I was a practice management coach, worked with dentists, some right out of school, some that had been in practice for a while. And, and I love your analogy about building in the airplane while it's in the air, because what other business do you find yourself, in many cases, an entrepreneur with a million dollars invested or more and not having a business background, right. It's dentistry in itself is stressful because most of the time the patients don't want to be there. Right. And then you're the product, you're the one that's back there producing, and you're not exactly sure what's going on when you're back in the operatory. And then you have all these business aspects uh, to look after as well. So I would love to hear as far as having a plan, Uh, And for those that are tuning in, which will have some that are uh, not out of school very long, there'll be others that are already uh, have their own practice, or perhaps they're working in a DSO or ownership in a DSO. Uh, But let's just say as far as initially having that plan, what are some of the most important aspects uh, from, from the business standpoint that you feel like Dennis should know?
1: Absolutely. So it's as simple as having a plan. I have seen so many dentists opening dental offices without having a plan. And that plan should in, should include where do I want to be, what kind of patients I want to serve, what kind of services I'm able to offer, not what I'm willing to offer, what I would like to offer, what I am able to offer. It's a whole different story because you have to build on those. And then a lot of times I've seen uh, dentists opening dental offices without even having their initial budget and their uh, one year goals, three year goals and all those uh, even three year financial performance are not non existent. So having a plan doesn't mean I want to open an office here we are going to make $100,000 first month, it needs to be broken down. How much is going how many patients am I going to see? How many hours I need to be open to see those patients? And if I'm go, and what is going to be cost per hour to stay open? A lot of those things. And then how am I going to add hours, add more days? Creating cash flow to build that another operatory that I have plumbed but not ready to go. Creating that extra cash flow, that profitable growth is something one needs to think about. And if it's If growth is not going to come from practice profits, what is the plan? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So all those things need to be outlined. uh, And I'm talking all financial components, but marketing is a huge piece of it too. Because if you don't, you need to know how many number of patients you want to see per day and you are able to see per day because staffing needs to be dependent on that. And then um, in order to see that many, if you want to see 20 total patients, How many are going to be new patients and what do you, what is your cost of acquisition per patient and what kind of ROI are you looking per patient? And in order to get to that ROI, how should your schedule, what kind of services you should have? Uh, So it's a whole gamut of things. And I I feel like a lot of times um, the most of the work goes into, I want to build a beautiful office. In a location that's close to my home, or which I think everyone wants to go. There is no market research behind it. Um, So looking at your competitors, what kind of services they offer before you go into location is a huge part of it. So I think in order to break it down, there should be a plan, pre-development plan. So that goes into there. And then there should be financial metrics that you define and measure yourself against. Uh, and then there should be a marketing plan, go-to-market strategy, because marketing is not a faucet that you turn on and patients start dripping out of them. There should there's a effect you have to create three months in advance, one month, and have all those campaigns figured out and give it to your marketing agency for social or for your websites. A lot of those things need to be identified beforehand. And uh, labor is a huge piece these days, huge huge piece, because if you are going out there and doing marketing your phone will start ringing and how you answer those phone calls schedule them so your staffing needs to be figured out how what kind of staffing i want staffing i would like a month prior on the day we open to first three months and all these numbers need to make sense so you know that i need to do so much per month three months six months those goals as you accomplish them hit them become uh, your plan Mm -hmm. And then document everything because uh, standard operating procedures, even for office opening, if you, if your plan is really to grow all your, all of your learnings and processes that worked didn't work design items. uh, There's always a learning in every process. And then all those should be documented so you can use them next time. So this is not typically a strong suit of dentists. Dentists don't like following checklists. They don't like documenting uh, processes. They think their memory is going to last forever. So that's where I think where they need to lean on someone else who can partner with them, uh, use some technology for those things. Um, Those are the kind of like very, very basic one practice planning is what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. of course, you know, we, uh, people management, development, I think it should be (laughs) its own chapter. We should talk about it. And accounting, what kind of um, CPA firms you work with. So always have very, very strong accounting firm and very, very strong legal firm in you. always. These are the two do not um, cheap on
0: right, right. Have, don't don't on. mess around with those,
1: yeah, do not mess around with them. Okay. Anyone can go uh, open QuickBooks account and do give you your cash accounting and put all the invoices, get your accounts paid and um, reconciled. But a real accountants can help you with good KPIs, bring your focus on things when you're slipping, keep you ahead, uh, help you um, manage your cash really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, because in the beginning, it's cash flow management is huge. I mean, let, not only beginning, even going forward. And if you are if you have some uh, le- uh, borrowed some money from some lenders, so lenders management, investor management good accountants can keep you ahead of all of those things.
0: Mm-hmm. Very uh, true. So, uh,
1: those are kind of like very nuts, nuts and bolts of business is what I'm talking about here. Um, but these um, this is one part of it. Now, the fun part of business plan is having your mission, vision, and what you want to accomplish. What is your business model? Are you going to do only emergency dentistry? Are you going to do cosmetic dentistry? Having that business plan and why is that your business plan is the key. Mm -hmm. uh, That's the Kool-Aid. You need to drink it first before you're going to serve it to someone else. And if you just came up with, oh, I think this is going to be cool. That's just not good enough. So there should be a why behind. Why is this your purpose? And you should be able to very, very convincingly and easily articulate that. So those are the fun parts of a business plan. Um, That's kind of like high level nutshell. I would say if someone's right out of school, going into business, that's what they should do. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But of course, uh, I think Penny, we might have to do a chapter on development where it's like lease negotiation. I Um, would love that. (laughs) That'd be awesome. uh, Different vendors, design, all those things. Uh, timeline, because um, what I've learned in development is nothing gets done on budget or on time, unless you are beyond proactive. So, how do you bake that time? Your opening day, all those things come into play.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I love it. And I, I, if you, if if it's okay, I would love to ask
0: some follow up questions around yeah. because you you packed a lot in there, a lot of great points. Um, and so, one would be more of a of a big picture on seeking a mentor um there there have never been more uh whether we call them advisors partners consultants coaches uh than there are now right mm-hmm. lots of choices which is both good and bad uh yep. so what would you uh recommend are some traits that dentists look for when they're seeking a mentor to help them um you know which you know with dental mba more than likely the focus of the listeners will be at some point to have more than one practice. So how do they go about vetting and choosing a a mentor that can really help them?
1: Absolutely, it's going to come down to their goal. Uh, What do they want to achieve? If the goal is uh, to go open second practice, then they could just work with another doctor who has done it. And in very informal relationship that can be very easily achieved. If the plan is to say, I want to come up with a business model that is scalable, repeatable, and I could just open, but a lot of them want to franchise it or this or that, then you want to talk with someone who has experience in it, who has done it, mm-hmm. who can hash those things out. Um, then there are other people who want to find financial partners as they are in sixth or seventh practice. Now they need to understand what, how, what, Functions to centralize, what not to centralize. Then you want to bring on someone who works with financial partners, who work with private equity groups. They can. We we know what private equity groups are looking for. Mm -hmm. What's what's what is the need? What is the gap? And it's uh, sometimes you you're just looking for a strategic partner, which can be another DSO you want to merge with, and if you want to do full on bring on a financial partner and you have a scalable, repeatable model and just want to put it the growth, want to put on growth on steroids, then you need to have an acquisition pipeline or your growth strategy very, very Mm -hmm. well-defined. That's where you have to work with someone who has worked with private equity groups. And we know exactly what kind of team needs to have be in place, what kind of practices need to be in place. And then we can get that plan in place for Mm -hmm. them. so uh, it it really comes down to mentor. And I think what I would say is, do not have just one mentor. I, so I work with a few uh, dental service organizations, uh, emerging and midsize. And the ones I work with, I have proposed them different um, mentors. I typically work more on strategic side and business development, go to market and development side. But then if someone wants to work with um, people management, more practice level, or they want to work with, um, kind of hone on their management skills. So I have partnered with another group that who mm-hmm. likes to work with people. Uh, it's a different skill set. I'll i be honest, I do not have that much patience some, t- some days. And uh, um, I I find myself better in more strategic planning and coming up with those goals and holding people accountable and holding their hand, getting them through uh, their three months, six months, uh, a year goals, and then we hit those. That's what uh, my role is. But have multiple mentors. And then um, depending on your stages of growth as well.
0: Mm-hmm. If
1: someone is now you are at 100 million, I may not be the right mentor for them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If they should work with someone who has already done uh, 200 million, so they can help them with their next journey. So uh, it really depends, have multiple mentors, what are your goals? Be very, very clear about goals. And then do not uh, sit in a meeting with your arms crossed. Have Take your notes, take your action items, and then all you need to drive the agenda. If you mm-hmm. gave agenda to the mentors, you are then on their agenda. Why, why be on someone else's agenda? If you have a goal you want, to get a few things out, drive, drive the agenda. It's what you put in is what you're going to get out.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Uh, one of the things that you mentioned uh, regarding best practices and things to do was creating those checklists and those SOPs. And I couldn't agree with you more because from what, from what I saw as a coach and it, this was more in the, um, you know, single locations, or maybe like one to seven locations was, even if there was more than one location, as long as the visionary doctor that was driving this worked in one of those locations, even if it was only one day a week, there was a certain level of success that they had. Yet when you grow to a certain point, and you have so many locations that the one that as you said, they have it all up here, never works there. That's when you begin to see the The fruits of a breakdown, I'm not sure that a breakdown can have fruits, yet you you know what I mean. That's when the evidence of that shows. So when they're creating these checklists and SOPs, is this something that you usually see that their mentor, I mean, is it a collaborative effort of the mentor, uh, the owner doctors, the office manager, the clinical team? If someone said, hey, I want to start doing this, I don't even know how to get started with creating checklists. what, What would you say?
1: If they don't know how to create one, Google it. <laughs> <to be laughs> so many. Uh, okay, but uh, to answer your question, all of the uh, mentors, coaches have checklists, but uh, that's a checklist. That's not the checklist. They need to take that checklist and people who have checklists, they know how to make one and they sure. know how to adapt it to the workflows this office has. Mm-hmm. So uh, work with your mentor and then come up with your own checklist, which is like, I checklists are not hard. Documenting small things. I clock in in the morning. I, uh, as an office manager, I check the schedule. I answer Mm -hmm. the phone calls. So it's your documentation of everything. And then um, when you're building checklists, remove yourself from it. Don't make it a person-specific checklist. It's a role-specific checklist. What do you want your office manager to do? What do you want your regional director to do? What do you want your development director to do? uh, when they are opening an office. Everybody, when they're going to site visits and looking at new locations, all of my development directors, they go with a checklist. This is what I'm looking for. And I know, and based on that, we scored locations.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And that, okay, this location scored 10, 7, 8. It makes it so easy to. Communicate things objectively. Um, the worst thing we can all do is I feel, I believe um, I we do this. I feel we see that many patients. I believe we do this every day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But you can really see if, if you are checking it on a checklist. So remove the person out of it. Because you might have a stellar office manager today who don't have to do a lot of things or reminded of those things. They just get done. But you want it to be, if some, she were to, t- uh, he or she has to take a vacation, the person who's going to fill in, you don't want them to leave enormous amount of work for this person to come back to. Right. There is a checklist in place. They would have done all the things this person does uh, in their absence, and they'll come back to just a routine of a day. So that's mm-hmm. uh, my only advice would be to the person. Yeah out of it and do the ideal version of it. And checklists are great tools to train people.
0: Absolutely, they are. And I love that, you know, that you mentioned uh, the mentor, right? They've already been down this path and they have some checklists. So if you find the right mentors, it's not like you're having to create all of this from scratch. So very, very powerful. Uh, one of the things, and, and you referred to this earlier, I always talk about things that I wish I'd known when I became an office manager, because I came from a corporate background into to uh, the dental office. And I asked my dentist when I came to work for him, because I came from the Walmart corporation, I was in IT. We had manuals for everything, even how to hang the little pricing signs in the stores. And I said, where is the book that tells us how to run this place? And he gave me a periodontal textbook and an open dental for DOS manual. Like there wasn't anything. And so one of the benefits that we have now is um, really smart people have figured a lot of these things out. And so uh, you don't have to go it alone. And and I, I love the whole mentorship piece. And also we have way more communities than what we had back then. Yeah. You know, there there really were not that many. There were the local dental society meetings and and the state meetings. And then there were a few you know, like fun meetings that uh, you know that you might have, like the profitable dentist or or things like that. And so uh, I, I love uh, the women in dso community and and am excited about getting even more involved. and And you can tell, uh, and those of you, I'm sure, will be nodding your head if you've been to one of these conferences. There's just a different type of energy and and even sitting in the back of the room and and looking and and watching the attendees as they're watching the speakers and you see how many powerful individuals, especially women, because I remember when I first became a consultant, almost all of my clients, my dental clients, uh, dentists were men. Uh, It was only after I'd been doing it for about 10 years that there were more uh, women dentists that were hiring consultants. So um, I would love for you uh, to share more about uh, women in DSO and and this community that's growing and also how uh, individuals that are interested can get involved.
1: Absolutely. And dentistry has changed and it has evolved. Um, Dentistry is one of the, actually my favorite thing about this industry is it's a small industry and people are generally very nice and very helpful. So if anyone has any question, all they got to do is ask. There are many, many very kind and helpful people. Women in DSO, we started to get more women into leadership role as more women dentists are graduating, more women are Uh, into DSO space and women have been doing lion's share of work throughout different dental organizations and dental organizations have seen. And uh, we all know we do well when we have women in leadership roles because more than 85% of financial household decisions are made by women. So we become closer to the consumers. Uh, Our Women in DSO, if anyone wants to get involved, it's womenindso.org uh, individual dentists at any level, they can become a member. There's a huge library of resources on um, big, starting a business to running a business, running marketing, running procurement, running compliance, credentialing, name it. We have all those resources and uh, there's a huge community of over 800 women executives from different sides of dentistry access to uh, Collegiality is huge because you can just grab your phone, send an email, and you will get a response—direct response, not uh, like a maybe, maybe an answer to your question. So use that to, to help your further yourself. But I, um, I would say, do, don't wait if you want to start to for things to be perfect, for time to be perfect. The best thing one can do is just go for it. Just go for it, and you can perfect it on the way. Uh, Don't, don't compromise your goals. Don't lower your, lower the bar, but don't just sit and keep perfecting and perfecting and perfecting till you launch. There's so much help on the way.
0: I love that. I love that.
1: Well, um, and and we can put this in the show
0: notes as well. If someone is interested in learning more about how uh, they can partner with you uh, for you to mentor them uh, in their DSO or you know, services related to that, what's the best way for them to reach out to you?
1: Uh, They can send me an email. It's aman, A-M-A-N, at womenandso.org. Okay. Or they can reach out to you and I, you know how to get hold of
0: me. I do. I do know. I, I actually have the bat phone for you, but I'm not giving that number out. You'll, you'll have to, you'll have to go through I'll put my old gatekeeper hat back on. You'll have to go through me. So, um, well, it's been a pleasure having you with us. I know that we'll, uh, be wanting to have you back, uh, for several other visits because there are so many, so many wonderful things about the business of dentistry and as things continue to change and evolve and they seem to change faster than they ever have. Uh, there'll be a lot more to talk about and uh, I'm delighted to have had this time with you today. And thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to join us.
1: Thank you for having me. It was a joy. Thanks, Penny. Thank you, Amon.
0: The Dental MBA podcast is sponsored by eAssist Dental Solutions, a platform dedicated to helping dentists get paid faster and get paid more. Dental insurance billing services provided through the eAssist platform can relieve your dental insurance headaches, get your over 90-day insurance receivables near zero, and help you collect 100% of what you're rightfully owed by insurance companies. To learn more about how the eAssist platform can solve your revenue cycle management needs or to schedule a free consultation, please visit dentalbilling.com.